Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Questionable Show, episode five. Um, it's been a time. It's been it's been quite an off season, honestly. Um, it's been quite an eventful off season, uh, and a really exciting off season, which is uh, ultimately kind of surprising, given that we haven't heard anything about expansion at this point. Um, and now that, you know, the ISFL draft has already been broadcast and the DSFL pre-draft is already underway behind the scenes, I don't expect that to be happening this season, which to me, it, I, I think is certainly, um, I think it's certainly a big surprise. Um, I was in my mind considering the idea that the ISFL would take the slow approach and allow expansion teams to enter this offseason and draft um, some players in this ISFL draft and then draft again next season, maybe do a short expan or expansion draft and um, then start play season... 25 but I don't know I'm not sure what the plan is now um, still feels like something that's imminent with the the growing size of the league um, and I think in general when I look across ISFL rosters I think it's kind of a necessary thing going through different things like awards this season and just looking at the overall landscape here on the other side of the Ultimus now for season 23, getting into the kind of post-mortem. I, I think we might be getting to the point where we have too much parity in the league. Um... No, I don't mean that um, in the way that I don't want every team to be close and competitive. I actually really, really quite enjoy how close the ISFL is. It's not um, as chaotic as the DSFL is still, um, where every game in the DSFL feels like it's ultimately... At least two-thirds of it is just up to dumb luck. Um, I do like how close, and, you know, maybe I should be called out on that as that's maybe more of the definition of parity, but when I look at, I think there, I think there are too many teams with too many great players. Um, and maybe that's a flaw of the system. Maybe that's me thinking too much about trying to emulate real football um, and trying to emulate the kind of way teams are built in the NFL where I just, I mean you really you don't have a star player on your team at every position necessarily um, and that's just doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, I think a lot of the people that were on the awards committee this season really saw just how many great, great players 
there are and how many real stars every team has at every position. And ultimately, the big differentiator for a lot of awards became what teams voted the most, or uh, won the most. It's getting a little sidetracked in my mind thinking about some of those ballots, which were truly unfortunate. I don't want us to... Uh, I'm glad that the uh, community overall is taking a much uh, kinder stance towards Terrible Hippo after kind of understanding a little bit of where he was coming from and how this kind of was a weird one-off situation where uh, they unfortunately made a bad decision. Um, and maybe that'll lead to some structural changes just because... I don't know, the, the whole thing is just a mess in general, but I don't want like that one ballot to distract us from several other ballots which were highly questionable from both members of HO and certain ISFL teams. Um, again, not to be a personal attack, just looking specifically at the numbers that have been provided behind the kind of discrepancies. Um, and, you know, not every vote is going to be unanimous, and I understand that, but I think there was pretty, some pretty obvious cases of homerism and of vote manipulation that uh, certainly have me concerned. And I don't think that's necessarily on any, any specific individuals at all. I think it's a matter of maybe how the system has built itself. But in the end, awards are just, I don't think they're ever going to be perfect. Um, I think this league as a whole is never going to be perfect. I mean, we're all volunteering our time to participate in this. We're all doing this for fun. Um, and that's going to lead to people taking pretty blatant self-interests. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily something we need to kill. Um, as much it is, as it is just a natural consequence of the way that this league is, is structured. Um, also, you know, I don't exactly have um, the right ideas for the solution to this, so um, I don't think my voice on this needs to necessarily be heard much more, um, and I'll make word room for anybody and everybody that has ideas on how to pr improve the, uh, the award system. I was, um, I was pretty disappointed for myself um, in the results of the awards in the end. It was really heartbreaking because I had access to the award slides earlier and I was super nervous and I checked them early and it was... And then I watched the whole awards show because I just wanted to torture myself, but um, just was, um, was really disappointing. Um, I don't know if the stats maybe weren't necessarily presented to the voters um, in a clear way, or if there are just blatantly different priorities than I have specifically for certain awards, but um, yeah, that kind of stunk. Um, I totally understand not winning running back of the year, coming second and running back to the year to the eventual MVP. I get that. Um, even though I think it, I think it should have been closer than it was. Um, 
I think we're talking about two very different kinds of running backs. And, you know, maybe we'll get into that more because I know Gucci had some questions relating to running backs that would be interesting to go into. And um, maybe it'd be more interesting to go into at some point if I uh, ever do end up getting on the Mediocre Running Backs podcast, which is uh, still something I'm trying to do. So, um, but I think the big disappointment for me was definitely offensive breakout player of the year. Um, I think Lim ultimately is deserving of the award. I think Nakamura, in my mind, was at least at least as worthy of winning the award as Lim was. Uh, and so I was really looking forward to that being a really close race when... Unfortunately, the you know the results came out, and uh, Nakamura was a pretty, ultimately a pretty distant third when it comes to the um, that particular award, which was one of only two that I was nominated for. Although I was all ultimately really happy to be nominated for those two awards, um, and really happy with my season as a whole. It was a really really great season for Nakamura just um, ultimately kind of hurts to not have the recognition I feel um, Nakamura deserved for that season but um, the big heartbreaker and I love Starboy and I don't want to like make this negative campaign on them specifically because I don't think what this is what that's about I think this is more about um, a an inherent natural quarterback bias um, that ultimately led to Chika Fujiwara placing second in the voting. But, um, yeah, just the sat stats didn't really support um, that result happening. Um, I understand, I think, there was a bias towards, you know, Baltimore was a much better team this season, and, and, and they had much more wins than they did last season. But I don't think, looking at the statistics, that that was a function of Fujiwara's performance. If we look at the S22 to S23 performances for Fujiwara, um, they had 16.3 completions per game last season, and that only increased to 16.8 completions per game. Um, their completion percentage stayed the same, which is a major function. Their quarterback rating only went up from 70.4 to 78.4. Um, their big improvements were in passing yards per game, which went from 152.2 to 209, or 200.9 uh, yards per game. Um, and their touchdowns per game went up from 0.69 per game to 1.13 per game. Although it also was a was a uh, direct increase in interceptions per game, which went up from 0.53 to 0.69. So, what I see is a marginal improvement at best. I don't see anything near worthy of being in the top three for offensive breakout. Given given what I what what I've seen from Barker and Passman. I really do think that um, Chika Fujiwara probably should have placed fifth in the award. Um, just looking at the other performances. Um, again, Lim had a great season. 
going from 1.62 receptions per game to 4.75, going all the way from 23.8 yards per game to 76.1, and then going up from uh, 0.077 touchdowns per game, only having one touchdown all last season, to 0.44 touchdowns per game for uh, seven total on the season. And that's a really, really great breakout season. Uh, I'm really happy for Lim. Also, shout out to them for newly getting, um, or newly being moved up to a GM position in Dallas. Really happy for them there. It's been good interacting with them from what I've seen so far. Um, Plus, I doubt Steg lets anybody do it. I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, it's good. It's nice to not have two total knuckleheads in uh, in charge of Dallas. So uh, Lim seems like a much more level-headed personality than either of them. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so great performance. Um, I think there should have been some consideration of the fact that this performance did come in large part because of a kind of mass exodus at the wide receiver position in Colorado, and I think that had a significant impact um, because the target volume went up so high because uh, Lim was placed much higher on the depth chart than last season. I think that makes a huge difference versus when we look at Nakamura, who was basically RB1 for almost all of last season, and last season had 16.2 carries per game and only 63.2 yards rushing yards per game for a 3.9 yard per carry average and 0.38 uh, touchdowns per game. And that went up while staying at an RB1 to 330 carries, so 20.6 per game, uh, 89.8 yards per game for a 4.4 yard average, um, which was tied for the same average that Haniadi had, and a 0.56 per game average touchdowns. Um, yeah, and we saw Tatsu Nakamura go from what was ultimately... Let me actually pull it up, because I don't want to just reference this out my rear... So looking back to the S22 index and running backs, rushing stats, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Nakamura was the 15th running back by by, by rushing yards um, and had a pretty poor average compared to the field and didn't have that many touchdowns, just wasn't doing much of anything. And he went all the way from there to being the number one rusher in the league. Winning the rushing title by a margin of 120 yards. And really locking himself in as a top contender for running back of the year. Um, And I think that was ultimately far more deserving of the award than I think a lot of people gave Nakamura consideration for and ultimately I was still fairly hopeful that we would or uh, that we 
that I, that's me. I was still really hopeful that I would um, end up winning that award, and unfortunately that's um, just not what happened. So that was um, maybe some of the down. But it's been a long off-season. A lot else has happened. Um, Thor was asking around in management chat about um, if uh, if anybody who was eligible for Team World would be willing to do the GMing for Team World. Um, and I went ahead and responded and took on uh, that duty. Uh, unfortunately, Nakamura's maybe not quite at the TPE level with some of the other running backs to be picked to play on that team, but it was still um, a cool and interesting thing to do. Um, I spent some time looking into ISFL sim files from this last season, specifically looking at some of the most successful teams, um, I think, for their rosters, like Austin, Arizona, and Orange County and a lot of things they were doing later in the season, especially since I had a lot of the same players as um, specifically, at least, Arizona and Orange County having uh, JQ and Franklin Armstrong, as well as uh, having Jeffrey Phillips and Future Trunks. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of pieces, especially on offense, from those two teams. Um, and it was cool. Ran a couple of different strategies, tried to get a lot of different people involved, switching between... JQ and Armstrong on quarterback, giving a lot of opportunity for several wide receivers while still running the same kind of um, uh, strategies that exploit using the tight end outside, um, which, you know, works really well for Orange County. So uh, if I have Jeffrey Phillips and he's been beasting it at that outside role, uh, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to go ahead and do the same. Um, had a great offensive line with Laszlo 42, Bruce Buckley, some other guys down there. Um, and had a great uh, defense. Ran um, Just ran some st standard nickel 35 for one of the games. And um, brought in some 3-4 uh, defense for one of the other games. Just to vary up the strategies a little bit. Um, was working with a great group of running backs. Mendonca... Tariki, Baby Yoda, um, you know, just a really great looking team of, of players, and um, yeah, I think Team World, I, I, I don't, I haven't looked at like the, the total or average TP of the two different rosters at all, um, but I think Team World is, expe is generally expected in these kind of things to be the underdog, um, just, it's American football, I think more people generally create their players as Americans um, and so definitely had my work cut out for me and put in some uh, I think some really good game plans and Team World really just swept it um, we had the first game on our home turf and really, really set the tone there and took it to Team USA. I don't remember what the final score was, but I think it was like 41 to 17. It was really, really a, a dominant um, showing for Team World. 
And then uh, even going away was able to get the second victory, so really proving um, definitively Team World's dominance this um, this off season. So uh, thank you again to Thor for putting on that event. Um, thanks to everybody that watched that event um, and enjoyed that. I thought it was uh, thought it was really good. I thought it was uh, well put on and um, hopefully an exciting event for at least uh, all the players involved there or at least all the Team World players that got to uh, watch themselves dominate some uh, American Fools. It's a really great, um, really great event there. Um, I don't know if the Pro Bowl is actually getting a game that's going to be streamed at some point. I just haven't been tracking that. Um, excited for the Prospect Bowl before too long, especially since I think it was Hall Monitor that took it on last season. And had uh, the brandings be a little bit more of a part of the uh, environment with people getting specific roles in uh, rookie chat, at least. Um, and having the logos be around. I think that was really cool with um, the three three different teams that played last uh, last uh, Prospect Bowl. Even though that game, those games are absolutely a mess with everybody at 50 TP. It is. Wait, wait, wait. Um... Charity charity tournament uh, was just um, yesterday. It was it was recent. That's what I remember. Um, didn't pay too much attention to that, especially after um, I think it was on Greenland uh, a Greenland team that um, lost pretty quickly, unfortunately. So um, I think we just drew a short stick on 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 being an away team, and then. Um, Weren't able to clutch up the victory in the end, but yeah, it's been a crazy off season. Oh, and on, on top of all of that, it's a it's an R slash NFL NFL class. Um, so that um, presents its own, let's say, preoccupations. Um, it has been one heck of a time trying to get through everybody in draft or um, scout everybody. Um, I have my nice color-coded sheet here, um, and we have almost 140 prospects in this uh, in this here class. At least if I have everybody at this point, there were some some uh, a few that were added on pretty recently. But we are into the draft at this point, so not going to say much on that front. Just going to let that. Um, be where it is, but I'm um, going to be somewhat diplomatic with my answers on some of these questions just to um, make sure that everything is fully kosher. Um, but hey, we are 23 minutes into the podcast and people came here to hear their questions answered, so let's go ahead and get into that. Going down the question thread, um, the first questions I got were from Krunk, um, who, if you don't know, is a S25 prospect um, and is certainly somebody I feel like people are going to get to know before too long. Um, really great guy. I have had a lot of really great conversations with, um, with them. Uh, Krunk's first question is, what do you think is the most important quality in a prospect? Um, and I think this can be a few different things. Um, 
I think the biggest thing that I was looking for this this um, was still am looking for um, in this draft is finding players that are going to bring as much as possible to the team as a whole. I think last season I was maybe a little too focused on what players would bring to the team on the field. And ultimately that didn't work out. I had the first uh, first uh, pick in the play in the uh, draft. Uh, the last last um, team in the standings. And um, so ultimately um, the strategy as a whole didn't pan out and I think um, I think oh, there's a lot of factors to why that happened um, not least of all which is still just going to be sim gonna sim but um, I think we still put it together a pretty good um, product on the field um, it's just a matter of I think what should be of the utmost importance to a team, especially in the DSFL, is bringing in people that have a good personality, that are going to bring more to the team um, than just the best possible dot they can on the field. Um, I'm looking for people that are making cool, interesting things. Maybe they're making a podcast or writing a ton of cool media or just even just one cool interesting media piece um or maybe they're making graphics or maybe they're talking with a lot of people and communicating with a lot of people on discord or wherever um just building up the community more and more these are the things that i want to bring to my team more so than i want to bring necessarily a 180 tpe cornerback like that's i want i want to bring in a good person i want to bring in a good um player for the team um so that's the goal ultimately hopefully with this draft uh next question from crunk uh what would make you instantly scratch a name off your draft board um, and there's very few things that would make me do that. Just the way that this draft functions, um, where we just keep going until we've drafted everybody. Um, really, the only thing that's going to make me instantly scratch a, a player's name off of my draft list is if they tell me they don't want to come to Portland. And that's, like, the only thing. That's all I... I don't hear that too often. I'll hear that, you know, twice or three times in, in off season, usually from recreates that are primarily interested in returning to a team that they've been on in the past um but yeah that's pretty much the only thing otherwise um i might have not have players that i'm that high on and i know very possibly other teams will be higher on and so i will take a pass on them and let let um, whatever other team that's more interested in them um go ahead and take that pick ultimately in the draft i am as much worried about building up the best team that i possibly can as i am worried about um finding the best possible match i can for every prospect so um if somebody straight up doesn't want to be um drafted to portland that's the only reason that i would 
scratch their go go so far to scratch their name off of a draft board. But um, other than that, um, I might be less keen on drafting somebody if I don't think that they would be a good fit for the locker room. Um, I think you have a few specific types of locker rooms um, in the in the DSFL. Um, that better fit certain personalities, um, and that's just kind of a matter of how they are, and that variance is good. Um, but um, I'm looking for people that I think are going to be the best fit for the team, and I'm also trying to look uh, to make sure that the players I'm picking up um, are going to feel like the team fits them well as well. Uh, what do you think is the biggest mistake you can make as a GM when drafting um i think the biggest mistake you can make is prioritizing positions a little too much um i think this is maybe something i fell into a couple of times last season where i was like where i was specifically looking at where the holes left in my roster i need to find the best player at this position and not just saying who's the best prospect person here that's going to um, fit with the team. And uh, I think I might have been a little bit more successful in last season's draft if I had um, had a bit more of that perspective. Um, penultimate question from Crunk here is what is love? Um, which makes me think that either you and I are just in mind meld or you somehow peeked in at my questions that I put to the um, most recent um, episode of the Disaster Twins, which wherein I asked the same thing. Um, but yeah, this is a good one. Um, answer the question, I don't know. We all, we all need to figure it out for ourselves. I don't have the question. I don't have the answer for anybody else. Um, last question from Crunk is, how do I get a cool HTML sig like yours? Um, I'm, I'm assuming when you say HTML skin, uh, as, uh, signature, you're talking about the drop-down sig that I have. If so, maybe wait until after tomorrow um, and figure that out and ask me again or I'll message you. Yeah. If you're listening to this, Crunk, I'm assuming it's... Um, after tomorrow since I know you're in the UK and it is nighttime there so I'm assuming this is after tomorrow morning um, but yeah check in with me then um, if you if you listen to this and I will um, send forth whatever information I have or you could just look for um, drop down um, drop down signature in the um, in the main discord for anybody that um, doesn't have one and is interested in getting one that's i mean that's how i did it it's just um finding somebody that posted the forum post that had all the information i needed but um that does uh, kind of tangent me out to uh the other really exciting interesting part about this off season that i wanted to mention earlier but forgot to which is um you know the the, the whole forum migration tomorrow um very excited very interested to see what happens. Um, I think this is definitely the first, a, a big step, but it's the first step, and I think is going to need to be a uh, a, a small jaunt for the league to get into um, a more user friendly place. Um, but I'm excited. I am very excited. 
happening tomorrow. Big round of applause to Exalizer um, and to all of the, the, the uh, team there. But um, yeah, great jobs all around to all of those guys that um, whew, have been working to get us over to the uh, MyBB forums. And we'll um, we'll see if I like him tomorrow. You know, they better be better. If they're worse, who knows? I might just leave the league. Um. <laughs> uh, next uh, set of questions. Thank you, Krunk, for asking some questions here. Uh, and good luck with the draft coming up here. Uh, next set of questions here are from Gucci, um, who I haven't talked to in forever. What's up, Gucci? How you doing? Thanks for asking some questions. Um. Gucci's like one of the first guys I feel like I, especially um, more veteran guys around the league that I felt like I actually spent time talking to. So, um, cool. Good to have questions from you. First question is when are you having me on a get as a guest? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't have really any ideas for guest things. I feel like I'm better as a guest than I am as a as a host potentially. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I did the first questionable show was uh, was a show with Rampage and Cola Bear and uh, Dwyer, which looking back on it was pretty crazy. I was just barely out of the um, out of the NSFL draft and wrangled up all those guys to uh, come hang out with me and talk about the draft for an hour and a half. But um, that was a great time, um, and. Um, that was a great show. Ooh. Just getting lots of yawns right now for whatever reason. Great show. Enjoyed having those guys together. Would have a difficult time, I think. Just even figuring it out, out an idea for what, when I would want a guest on the show. But I kind of like just having this as a space where I can talk and collect ideas and just put this out. And, you know, maybe maybe people listen... I'll definitely get some league cash. That's a nice bonus. Um, but I've put my thoughts out there, and I can say that I have I have said my piece, and I can reference the ideas that I have somehow coalesced together in my brain to uh, put out on onto my microphone and into Audacity. So that was way too long of an answer for that question, but the uh, the answer is no. Second question, will you ever support fair rubs for receiving backs? Here's the deal. Um, I think this is a sim problem. Looking back at some of the things that Mag has uncovered in kind of tearing apart the sim and looking at some of the underlying things uh, rather than just kind of blind testing for these different things, I think one of the big things that I see for receiving backs is, um, and not just speaking for the receiving backs archetype, I think there's something to, to be said about um, what we can do to make the receiving backs archetype general better. Um, and that's its own, that's its own ordeal. Um, I don't know enough about the archetypes and how they're built up and how to improve them to put too much on this, but I think the idea of receiving backs as a whole from what we've uncovered where 
fatigue seems to there seems to be a fatigue system based on the amount a receiver or a running back has carried for or received for which is a weird weird system um definitely meant to kind of it seems like a really crude tool to kind of normalize the the numbers um, and to keep wide receivers and running backs from having too good of games uh, and for all sorts of positions but um, as we know from Mag's article there's a there's a speed decrease when ru when a, a running back is running um, and a speed decrease on wide receivers after they have reached certain rushing yard and receiving yard milestones. Excuse me. Oh. Um, so what I see, and, and what I see a, a lot from these players, and we have quite a few of them, Hanyadi, Gump, just to name a couple. Um players that are ultimately running backs that are ultimately only able to garner success and bring in the numbers um receiving the ball because they're not playing at running back um now they're still gaining rushing yards and rushing stats while they're playing at running back um but i think we've seen season after season players that play pure running back um, and don't switch out to any other positions just don't get the ball in the passing game much at all uh, in this sim and really you're going to be hard pressed to find a pure running back that um, goes for more than 200 yards on a season receiving the ball um and I think a huge function of this has to be the way that the sim treats um, its kind of fatigue system, where um, because your running back has just been, you know, running the ball for the last like two quarters and base and and, and has like ten carries, um, and now they're lining up at wide receiver. Now suddenly the, the fatigue that they might have if they were currently in as a running back and running the ball um, is gone because they're suddenly a wide receiver in the sim. Um, and I think that's where we get these kind of um, boosted total yardage um, numbers. Uh, and I think this is something we saw tossed around in awards season a lot was, oh, like, Hanyadi has so many total yards, or, or like Forrest Gump has this many total yards, and that's what we should be looking at. And I just, ultimately, I think the system of having a player that is um, able to play at max capacity more often than other players because of the way that they are exploiting the system, I don't think that's necessarily something that... Um, Uh, that necessarily deserves to be awarded compared to people that are performing at a higher level at a traditional role. Um, 
It's hard to say. Because this is specifically, I think, a problem for running backs. Um, and I think the best analogy that we could maybe even provide would be looking at certain defensive backs versus nickelbacks um, that play just such a such a different role um, where your nickelbacks are going to have almost more linebacker-looking numbers. Um, and if you were to just give certain things an absolute score... Um, it's hard when, you know, Corin Abernathy is who's winning the cornerback of the year award. But you have a player like Tyrone Shields that has um, over twice as many tackles um, and is competing in a number of other stats and might have more stats like TFLs or sacks. Um, and it's hard to say because they're just two players playing different roles. I think it's the same thing and the same reason why we adjusted the rules around tight ends. Um, I mean, it was a it was a rule made in general, but it specifically definitely um, impacted tight ends. I think the most, where we were seeing a lot of times the tight end of the year going to somebody that spent a minority of their time playing the tight end position which was, um, I would say, problematic um, for the award. And I think the reason why that was changed, where now you have to to be eligible for a positional award, you have to play at that position for 60% of the time. And these running backs are playing um, running back, quote-unquote, 60% of the time. I think Hadiati only played running back 45% of the time or at least started at running back 45% of the time um, luckily and I don't know if this is something that should change I think it should change but I don't know if GMs will ever agree um, but there are certain flex positions um, so fullback counts towards running back stats uh, or running back snaps and um Excuse me, yeah, there's just other positions that act in the same way. Um, all the all the different wide receiver positions, including the flex position in uh, spread and shotgun offense, um, are treated... Um, or no. I'm trying to remember now. I don't know. Whatever the system is, is there there are other positions other than technically the position that you are playing that will also count towards the position you're playing. Um, so running backs that spend 45% of the time at running back and 15% of the time at fullback are still technically spending 60% of the time at running back, which is how Hanyadi qualified for running back of the year. Um, but still, he's spending a lot of time as a receiver or as a receiving option um, and that, I think, contributes in large part to a lot of his numbers specifically this season. Um, and I think another part of that is going to be schedule. Um, and um, I don't know. Uh, awards uh, voters in general seems, seem um, 
skeptical or um, at least hesitant to uh, allow strength of schedule to have any kind of contribution on the results of the vote. But um, I don't know. I think it's something we should look at. I don't know. When we look at um, Hanyadi's touchdown totals, um, and they so outpace a running back that's running for the same average as he is and is running for more yards than he is overall. Um, I think some of that has to be considered, A, the team that he is on, and B, the teams that he is facing throughout the season. Um, and so I think overall that's kind of my contention for why Nakamura, I think, should have been considered more strongly as a potential running back of the year winner. Um, because I believe in the end, um, Nakamura did a better job of playing the running back position. Um, taking on more carries, um, and still... Nakamura had significantly more carries and still held on to the same average as Hanyadi, which is really good to hear. Um, 32, 32 more carries, so like 10% more carries than Hanyadi. Um, and still had the same 4.4 excellent yard average. Um, fell behind by four touchdowns, but was ahead by 120 yards. I think that that's like a dead heat. The only reason why it became a difference is because Hanyadi has great receiving numbers um, because he's being exploited as an outside receiving option. Um, I don't know. I think a player should have to play at least 60% of their snaps at the exact position of the award that they're that they are um, being voted on. So maybe that solves a problem. Maybe you still have people that are exploiting this kind of um, fatigue system for offensive player of the year votes or MVP votes, but um, I don't know. Maybe it's just a matter of the sim and I just have to forget about it and not care, but um, it's hard when awards have such a... Basically, awards and championships have such an impact on, uh, on your Hall of Fame hopes. So, in the end, c'est la vie... Ultimately, I want to support receiving backs um, just because I think in general I do have hope for the idea that the league can better represent the sport of football as we know and enjoy it. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily possible with how other opinions may uh, may vary but um, and just how the sim restricts us, but... Love a good receiving back. That, that's the final answer. Uh, Gucci's next question is, where can OCO improve after last season's playoff upset? Um, I don't know. I mean, both seasons, both of my last two seasons, we get the number one seed. We're a great team. We're favored to win everything, essentially, at that point. You have the number one seed in all of the ISFL or NSFL. And you're a really good team. Ultimately, the win percentages are, are going to be on your side. They are going to be... 
at least over 50%, if not closer to the 70% range. So, where can OCO improve? Uh, OCO can just get better luck. I think that's the big thing. Um, I think um, more of what we're considering at this point is having longevity at certain positions, um, replacing some of the old guard, um, and starting to build again for the future. Our safety, or, or sorry, our secondary in general is still fairly young, um, but also they're going to be eight. They're, I mean, you go from young in the in the ISFL to regression pretty quickly. So, um, secondary kind of rebooting in there in general, um, having a new plan at quarterback after Armstrong. Uh, which I think we've already taken steps for. I'm not sure at this point what the plan for Lime is, uh, but we'll see. I trust the War Room. Um, we'll see. Uh, we were able to pick up Lassoon um, as a free agency ad this offseason. Free agency was also hype as heck. Also something I didn't talk about, but another big reason why this offseason has felt so crazy Um if you've actually been keeping track of free agency, it has been pretty crazy. Surprised Brackenridge didn't end up taking a new home, but you have a lot of, of crazy big pickups. Uh, Blasoon for the Otters. Um, Freaking Issa, like, dropping out of being a GM and then dropping out of being on the second line altogether. Um, if I didn't know better, I would think there's some kind of beef there. I, th I think he just, you know... Loves the people over there and wants to uh, have the have the chance to play with a new team and in a new environment. And I'm uh, excited to see what the Pengu can do, and excited, super excited to not have him in the conference anymore. So that's gonna be nice. Um, but yeah, just off season has been crazy. Uh, thank you again for your questions, uh, Gucci, and uh, hope you're doing well. Very, very good. Cool. Next situation. Wait. Did I miss something? Let me double check here. Gucci, I didn't... I didn't... Why didn't I know this? Okay. Is that... Has this been announced? I don't know if this has been announced. Let me check in announcements. Maybe I'm just absolutely poo-brained and just don't know anything ISFL announcements I see nothing there I see it okay it was announced a week ago but I missed it but congrats Gucci on um, stepping up as uh, as a GM for Honolulu and cool just didn't pay attention to that Quite a few uh, new uh, ISFL GMs. Sacrosanct for Sarasota, Director for uh, Nola, and um, now Gucci for Honolulu. I now find out in a um, protracted, some would say uh, unfortunately late way. 
Next uh, questions are coming in from Joe Fish, the absolute lad. Thank you for your two preposterous questions. The signature you have, first of all, is excellent, even though I don't like the Outlaws logo. Um, but just your render is always going to be great. I just saw the little black and gold pythons tattoo. That's pretty great. Joe Fish asks, Python's podcast, when? Tomorrow, Joe Fish. It's going to happen tomorrow. Which is code for who knows? <laughs> Unfortunately, um, Conigo and I were going to record a um, Python's GM podcast shortly after the draft and uh, shortly into my tenure as a Python GM, which seems like absolutely forever ago that was. But um, we're at the point where, you know, uh, Kaneko was unable and ultimately to record with me. Um, and I think it's probably going to happen um, after this draft. We're actually going to go back and answer all those questions from like two months ago at this point and it's gonna be it's gonna be what it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting the only other thing joe fish has to say is that he came in several days later to ask me to give him a leak which doesn't make any sense because you're in my war room you have all the leaks you need i throw them down there by the bundle but um also it's not leaks if you're in the war room so no, uh, no arrest me, HO, please. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming in and, and showing your face here, Joe. Next, uh, questions are from Saba, um, who is always here to, to really, um, get at me. Uh, Saba's first question, why is Arizona greater than the Otters? I mean... I want to I want to answer this objectively and like fulfill the the, the, the request that you've made of me here. Um, it's hard to say that you're better. You have a better history as a franchise overall. I mean, sure. Uh, I think Arizona, outside of Orange County, might have the most ultimuses. I think that's correct. I don't know. I don't know that much about anything that happened before S twenty one. Um, I do know that a lot of those uh, Ultimus, or at least a lot of that early success, was quite illegitimate. Um, thanks to the NSFL 20 for 20 podcast. Great listen. Um, but um, currently, it's hard to say. Um, you know, uh, really hard to say. Uh, I mean, I'll say that um, you have a better wide receiver than we do. I don't know. Just statistically, that that's, that's the fact. Um, our quarterback, you know, JQ might actually finally be better than um, Armstrong this uh, this next season. He certainly wasn't in any mode of fashion statistically uh, or win-wise or in any other kind of way that you can concoct. Armstrong was better than JQ in all facets uh, during the entirety of S23. So hard to say. Hard to say there. Um... You are bleeding players in free agency, so that's tough. Um, but, I don't know. The future looks promising. Yeah, almost made the playoffs. So, um, let's say let's say gumption. Let's say Arizona has more gumption than Otters. Everybody loves an underdog story. Let's, let's say it's that. 
Uh, Saba's next question, Joe or Armstrong? I mean, this is just a, this question isn't, isn't like what measurement? That's the thing. I'm going to say it's going to be either answer and you're going to, you're going to try and catch me because I didn't answer on the same measurement that you did. So I'm specifically saying who of these two players, if I was going to say who of these two players would I rather have on the team right now? It is, it is a tight race. I love Moonlight. Let's let's not make that anything about that. Um, this is purely about Armstrong is old. This is I'm almost certain this is probably Armstrong's final season. Um, and um, while it would hurt certainly to go down to a. Um, I think Blasoon is probably close to 600 TPE, but um, uh, a relatively low TPE quarterback from Franklin Armstrong. Um, I think it's possible we can do quite well. And I think adding a second really strong running back um, I think could improve the team. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't do the testing on this, so I can't say. But from a what is better from the yeah that's my answer. If if from a what is, what is better for the team perspective, can't quite answer that question. Last question from Saba. Saba asks, any goals as a GM this season? This is a great question. I should have goals, right? I don't know. I don't know that I specifically do. We'll see. My. Here's my goals as a GM. My goals as a GM this season are to set up the team the best that I can for future success. Um, you know, I don't know long, how long Conoco or myself will really be in place as um, the GMs of Portland. Naturally, there's probably going to be a good amount of turn or turn turnover just in general in the DSFL. Um, but um, it's um, yeah, it's a situation where I came in last off season, basically the end of um, of S twenty two. With um, our 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 NFL class had come through and kind of basically had more or less exodist at that point. Um, Eighty two, unfortunately, although he was doing a lot of great help with us through S twenty two, was no longer able to help with testing or doing any other kind of um, war room stuff. Um, and I really going through the through the S23, the draft before S23, um, because Kaneko was 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 um, dealing with a lot of things um, on her side, um, I found myself in a uh, a fairly sparse situation when it came to help in the war room at a lot of different places just in general um i think there was a lot of feeling of 
pressure and need to do a lot of the things that needed to be done on my own. I did basically all the scouting that season on my own. Um, I ran a lot of the stuff through the draft. Um, and then through the season was doing, you know, a good majority of a lot of the things as a GM. Um, and I think the biggest things I'm trying to do is, um, not only a lot of things as a GM, but I felt like I was having to do, I was working a lot, a lot to rebuild up the, the locker room culture. And, um, so th those have, I think, been a lot of the same focuses that I've had since, uh, since the beginning. And, um, focuses that I continue to have is just to make, I think, to make Portland a more desirable place for prospects to come, for people to interact with, um, even just for people to come into the locker room and hang out and talk, um, even if they're not on the team, just to make it a more exciting, cool place and a place that um, has more infrastructure around it to help the team run day-to-day, week-to-week. So these are all things I'm working on, just generally as goals. Also, I just want to I want to make the playoffs. That uh, that would be great. Um, thank you for your questions here, Salva. I'm going to move on to 82. We are just crossing over the hour mark, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to rush through, but I'm um, just going to work through um, these uh, questions from 82, and it looks like I got a quick question from uh, Billy Bolo coming in. Uh, questions from 82 here. How are you finding GMing so far? Um, I think I've already kind of talking, talked about this in part. Um, like, I quite enjoy it, and I quite enjoy the kind of rewards that come along with being a GM. And, um, you know, there's plenty of really cool stuff that goes along with it, but it's just been, it's been pretty stressful. Um, and I've had a lot of things to, um, a lot of things I've had to work on to try and improve the team as a whole and make things better for the environment here but um it has been stressful it's been rewarding and i think we'll see more towards the end of the season a more definitive answer on that question we'll see uh what positions are you targeting in the upcoming dsfl draft for portland um great question you know there's a lot of holes when i look at the roster after call-ups um Ultimately, I'm not looking at position that much. I think that's something I mentioned uh, earlier, but I'm looking more at people and players. Um, I don't really know what our biggest holes probably were last season. Probably defensive line, I think, was a, was a um, big issue for us. Um, I think that showed up in the running game and in the passing game and um, how ineffective we were sometimes at um, being able to defend. Um, and I think um, perhaps uh, O-line is uh, is something we should definitely take a look at uh, to improve our ability on the other side of the trenches to move the ball. Um, and then uh, definitely need to find some more weapons uh, to put around Howitzer. We've got Howitzer and Corbin Brown that are going to be a great connection this next season, but uh, need some more pieces to flesh out the offense there. Um Next question from 82 is, what are expectations for Tatsu Nakamura heading into season 24 
Um, expectations. Um, I don't necessarily know that I want to talk about expectations as much. Um, I'll, put, I'll, I'll phrase this in terms of hopes. Hopes for Nakamura for Season 24. I hope that I can help the team get back to a place, the same place that we've been the last two seasons, which has been blocking up that number one. Um, over, I guess uh, technically I think we were the number two overall seed, but had a lucky uh, upset of, of uh, Yellowknife that went in our favor to having home field advantage in the Ultimus. Um, but yeah, I'd like to make it back to the Ultimus. Um, I think that'd be really nice. And I'd really like to make it back into a war contention. I think I think both of those are big, big priorities. But um, yeah, I want to put some respect on Nakamura's name and uh, make him a little bit more known around the league. I think there's a lot of uh, of uh, whomst the heck uh, when it came to um, when Nakamura was slowly uh, making his name known at the top of the rushing stats, so... Uh, yeah, I think that's the big, the big kind of, uh, hopes for Nakamura this season. Last question from 82. What's the font used for the W in your profile, Bic? Um, it's not a specific font. It's an old PNG I picked up a while ago that I don't think I have anymore. I think I was just looking for images of, like, um, W monograms and found this eventually and added it around to fit my needs but um just did a just did a light refresh on the um on the logo that i use for my profile picture on discord and on the servers and it is looking clean a little bit more uh otters themed i think it was appropriate um and the colors just they look good so i am uh, very happy with that uh, situation Cool. 82, thank you for your questions. I uh, hope you're doing well. Um, and, uh, yeah, hope you know that you are valued still in Portland. And uh, hope you're really enjoying your time at, on uh, Honolulu. Cool. Next for the questions. Uh, I think this is the last question. Let me refresh real quick. But I think it's just Cuckoo Clemente, um, Billy Bobo here. Um, he asked, uh, why no snaps for me in USA versus the world? Do I stink? Does my build stink? I don't, did I not give you any? Here's the thing. I definitely, I think it was you and one other, um, D lineman that I put on rotations in the second string of the lineup. I don't remember at this point. Let me, I think I probably have my message to Thor that has the DCs in it that I used somewhere under a million scouting messages. Holy crowley. Let's look it up. Cool. Defense depth chart. Clemente. Um, here's why you didn't, if you didn't get any snaps, and I don't know that necessarily you didn't, you were in second string. But the reasons you wouldn't have gotten any snaps is because you had Shane Masters and Mo Mamba Magic ahead of you. And that's just unlucky, man. And I know how that feels. I have freaking Mendonca, Tariki, and Yoda ahead of me that all stopped me from even getting in the lineup. So I apologize 
for the situation in which led to you potentially not getting any snaps. I was hoping, in general, to... Um, I mean, there wasn't any hard and fast rules on, like, everybody needs snaps. snaps. Um, I definitely could have just, um, for a lot of people, just put in um, a set depth chart and not varied it around very much and just led with um, certain specific um, players at every position, but I tried to vary it around. Um, but ultimately, defense is a little bit harder because, if I, especially if I'm just running nickel, which I did for one of the games, I only ran nickel 35, so I just have my nickel DC that, that the thing is, is uh, referencing. I only have two starting defensive tackle spots, and... Just gonna put the highest overall, highest TPE guys in there. Um, you know, maybe it doesn't make nearly as much of a difference on defensive line, and I could have been more uh, lenient about that. But um, just um, made the judgment call there ultimately to um, go ahead and put you in at second string, and I was hoping to see. Having you there at second string to have have you see some some action, but um, unlucky if you didn't. I apologize. Refreshing one more time because I posted this in a couple places before starting recording, and no no uh, no moss no moss questions. Um, I don't know why I'm so tired after this podcast. Maybe, maybe I'll listen back to, like, two seconds of it and realize I'm, like, full-on rap-godding the whole podcast. And maybe that's why I feel really tired. But, I don't know. It's not even just, like, that I'm a little bit out of breath, which I sure am. But, um, just feeling weirdly tired now. It's probably just Saba's questions really bored the heck out of me. Um... <laughs> Either way, this has been me again. Thank you for whoever listened to this. Um, thank you for... I haven't looked at the um, the numerics on, um, on my 4.5 episode, but I did put up a episode 4.5 of the Questionable Show pretty recently, um, which was um, done was done specifically for Ultimus Week Point Task. So um, it might not be that interesting and uh, might not be something you're interested in listening to, but you can always look it up on my feed if you're on Anchor or on uh, Spotify. I've got the um, I linked the RSS feed to a Spotify account, so um, all the episodes should be up on Spotify at this point. Um, it should be listenable there. Just I, I know that people might have differences in platform of... Uh, of choice, and I don't. I think some people have had some issues with listening on Anchor in the past, but um, podcast is available in both of those places. Episode four point five is uploaded uh, on both of those places. I talked uh, in depth about my ideas for radically changing the current currency system and the current money system in the league as a whole. So. Check that out if you're interested. Um, um, let's look at the off-season schedule. 
ISFL draft presentation just finished up a couple of days ago. Um, currently in the middle of the DSFL pre-draft Pro Bowl. I just, I forgot that this is happening in Madden this season. This is going to be interesting. But um, Pro Bowl is happening tomorrow night. Make sure you check in on that. That's going to be really cool. I think it was Ramp, I believe it was Rampage leading the, uh, or taking the uh, spear on that one. Um, but to whoever put that all together, thank you ahead of time. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be really interesting and cool to watch. And then we have three straight days of Pro Bowl action or prospect bull action my bad um but either way definitely gonna be i mean they have three days marked out for it it's gonna be interesting to say the least and those are those three days of prospect bull action are gonna lead us right into the the dsfl draft presentation um so definitely tune in for that gonna be seeing the next wave of people that are here to take your jobs uh gonna be very cool to see um and after that the very next day we're dropping into isfl preseason and uh, uh a few days after that going into dsfl preseason and then away we go s24 coming in hot very good cool thank you for coming to this um this uh real quick schedule reading at the end of the um at the end of the podcast where you could just you know be like all of the 30 people in management chat that keep posting the same command that keeps posting up the schedule which just mucks up the chat even more i don't know which is more caustic and hard to follow if it's management general chat. Wow, I just really gave up on pronouncing it, pronouncing anything there. Still doing it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which is worse, gen chat and management channel or management server, or gen chat in the general server. But it is a lose lose situation to say the least. Um, that's gonna be it for me here. I need to go eat some dinner. So. No more uh, reading the schedule for me. Gonna, gonna go. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, you know, I know there's not too many people that listen to these, but I do appreciate everybody that does give an hour or so of their time to um, listen to my thoughts on the league and to um, especially those that ask me questions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And yes... This is the end of the episode. Thank you to everybody for listening. Stay questionable.